Hello everyone and welcome to another Guild Wars 2 podcast, The Lightbringers episode 7. We're talking about Path of Fire today. Hope everyone is well. We have guests here as well. We have Bird of Chess, Kruf. We also have Boots or World Vendors or whatever else he wants to call himself here with you. They can unmute and say hello. Oh, good. Hi. Oh, <laughs> hey, everybody. It's wonderful uh, being here. An um. extreme amount of uh, random banter before we started this podcast today, <laughs> which is fine. It's just fine. It's been good times. So I'm glad of it. Should I, should I tell you what? Nowadays, I am glad for the conversation with people. <laughs> Did you uh, just one more thing? I heard I heard uh, Bird of Chess. I heard Rook. I heard Boots World of Enders. Did you say the last one? I said Kruf. Okay. Huh? Yeah, I said Kruf really loudly, oh. and I went, Kruf! Oh, um, don't worry. I would have corrected him immediately if yeah. I did not hear my name. Okay, good. <laughs> yep, immediately. Excuse me, I'm here too. Oh, I'm here as well. I'm Jebra. I'm the host oh, of the show. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> I kind of put this soiree on every so often. These are going to be more uh, frequent as well as we... Uh, kind of ramp up a little bit more towards um hopefully an expansion next year not sure when i'm gonna say q4 actually q3 uh maybe september eh, not sure um otherwise let's do a quick intro uh bird chess who are you what do you do where do you do it and do you like an apple after 10 a.m oh i love an apple but also it makes me sad inside um so thanks for that thanks uh no but you can usually find me uh i have a variety mmo broadcaster i love some final fantasy 14 and guild wars 2 uh but i also do a bit of other things as far as indie games rpgs jrpgs um we've been doing some Baldur's gate 3 and those sorts of things right um but uh apples are delicious i didn't much care for them until tybalt and now as i said there's some sadness uh, you can find me over on twitch.tv bird of chess. You can also find me at bird of chess on Twitter and then on YouTube now, which has been something new for the past month or so. Uh, mm. We have been doing some stuff there as well. Bird of chess. So yes, I'm, I'm about, I fly about to different places and we're always happy to see new people, welcome people in um, and get people going with all kinds of content in the game, including raids and other community events. Boom. There you go. New YouTube channel. Congrats on that. Thanks, it's been fun. Yeah, it's definitely a Twitch thing. You see on Twitter, anyone giving advice, have a YouTube channel. Is a thing. YouTube's good. Speaking of YouTube. Speaking of YouTube. That's all I do. That's all. We'll go go to Boots next then, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Boots. How are you doing? What What do you do? Where do you do it? Where do you come from? Do you like chicken nuggets? Sure. Yeah, chicken nuggets are good. They also make me sad inside, but for different reasons. After I eat the McDonald's ones, usually I feel sad inside. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm Boots. Uh, you can find me at World of Enders on YouTube. I make uh, mostly build videos, but also random Guild Wars 2 videos that are just for fun sometimes. And also you can find me over on other people's channels because I think I do more stuff on other people's channels than I do my own sometimes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's me. Okay. Awesomeness. Yes, Boots is around everywhere. If you don't know Boots, go and look at some online. <laughs> 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 I don't know. 
World of Enders boots GW2. Put GW2 in, otherwise just get pictures of boots. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's pictures of you. Well, the thing yeah. is, the, the, you misspelled my name. It's with two Ts. Oh, crap, did I? Yeah, there Whoa. you go. There you go. Wow. I noticed you misspelled your Dang. own name, too. It's it's Jeff oh. Rowe, right? I thought it was Jeff, Jeff Rowe. No? Jeff Je ne sais quoi. you need That's it. French. Which uh, is a Welsh swear word. <laughs> What? We've really brought it full circle here. Wow. Circle. Yeah. Amazing. The circle of life. I don't know. And now we're talking song. about Kruf's circle of life because that's something to talk about. Kruf, hello. What do you do? Where do you do it? How are you? And do you hello. like candy floss? Do you mean cotton candy? I think there's a bit of a language barrier know. here. But <laughs> hi, everyone. My that's name is Kruf. Sorry. What? How dare you interrupt me? My name is Kroof. I mean, not legally, but it's my chosen internet name. My parents would have been high on acid if they named me that. But I do a lot of YouTube stuff, and I stream occasionally on Twitch, do a lot of build videos, fan elite specializations, and sometimes story stuff. But uh, wonderful to be here with everyone. <laughs> oh, this Hi. is the best intro, <laughs> the intro I've ever done, yeah. um, basically. Okay. <laughs> to get us in the mood, nailed it. I, to get us, definitely, that something happened. Um, <laughs> to get us in the video, I'm gonna sh in in the video. To get us in the mood, I'm gonna show you the Path of Fire um, launch trailer. I don't know if you guys want to watch the stream. You are welcome to, but you probably hear the sound as well coming through your headphones. Um, but this is just like two minutes long. I thought it'd be good to get us in the mood. Okay. Okay. Are we allowed to live comment over it? <laughs> Should I pour myself a glass of wine to like really get in the mood with the path yeah. fire? I mean, yeah. you can comment I, over I, if you want. We a group of people who talk during movies because I kind of do. I sort of do too. Desert. Depends how yeah. much I like the movie. Even if it's a bad movie, I'll, I'll rip it to shreds. No, no, especially if, especially if it's a bad movie. But if it's a movie <laughs> I like. Against a god of war. Ooh, jackals. <gasps> Jackal though. You guys can definitely oh, yeah. see it. Yeah, so this was this was like the first kind of I think this was like one of the first or was this the launch video when it actually came out? Because they didn't I don't know, like, did we get teasers of mounts before this? We definitely knew about mounts before. There was a massive leak two years before. Oh, yeah, there was. <laughs> what? 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 What MMO community leaks? No way. A novel concept. But, but this it wasn't, trailer I think was the launch trailer. It wasn't uh, actually it was one of the first one like uh data mining though was it it was like from inside from like testers yeah yeah, yeah. an email or something leaked and uh reddit got a hold of it i remember that day fondly yeah fondly <laughs> balthazar Whoa. does look very intense in this trailer some strong like kratos energy going mm, yeah true. And we love that pixelated wheatgrass it's nice pixelated <laughs> Is this pre Kratos? This and, music uh, well, is hype as well. I, I remember this. This like, music gives me life. Listen to this fucking Ooh, music. Oh, the music is so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have that in this segment. Who's that? Oh, the face. But yeah, oh, so good. It was good. It was good. It was good. 
I also super love that the sort of like player character that they feature, you know, definitely looks like, you know, showcases some of the new character creator options mm -hmm. that they put in for like people in the region and like for diversity and like, it's just nice to see that, you know, like so many times you get an MMO trailer and it's like some white bread man who just looks yep. like a graham cracker in human form. <laughs> <laughs> Mama said Wonder Bread. <laughs> God. <laughs> representation is important, That's especially bad. with where, yeah, with where we're, oh, where yeah. we're going. Like, you know, that is important. You, you make a good point. And that's uh, something we've been talking about as well, especially as I've been dipping into World of Warcraft recently. And that's been a mm -hmm. hot topic recently. Um, so, yeah, it's different. It's important. And we can maybe delve into that kind of stuff uh, if it comes up as well. But it is important. Representation in video games. Conversations. Yeah. Have them. Um, okay. Intro to Path of Fire. So, what we're going to sort of talk about. So, Path of Fire was 2017. <clears throat> that is three years ago. November? No. Was it November? Was it September? I would say it was November. Who did the homework? It was something seven. <laughs> Was it the 17th? It was the 17th of September. Of a specific September. month, yeah. I think it was <laughs> September. September 22nd, 2017. Wow. Never mind. I got the September right. Do you <laughs> remember the 21st night of September, though? I think that was the night before it came out. <laughs> no. <You're> probably not. <laughs> Did something happen then? Yeah, um... I don't know. Do you remember? Do you remember the the twenty first night of September? Do you remember? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Like a reference I, to this? I'm trying to. I was hoping someone would pick it up. All right. The don't worry. I got you. I got you. <laughs> we got there eventually. Thank you. Okay. Thank so what I'm going to talk about first is going to be uh, Intro to Path of Fire, which was very good, um, personally. So what happened was I wish I'd, oh, I should have had some uh, footage actually. Um, it was probably better than part. I don't know whether or not to talk about the marketing of this first or not. We can talk about that later. We'll, we'll start for the positives. Oh. <laughs> um, <Okay>. oh. <laughs> that'll be a bit of a spoiler there for my conversation. Um, but Path of Fire intro. Do you guys remember the intro when you came into Path of Fire? Do you remember what happened? On the ship. And you go across yeah. and you see some... Or before that, before the ship, when you talk to Alan Keel in the... Uh... I'm specifically talking about the ship. Yeah. So you yeah. come into the first map, and I was hoping that I was going to be able to find a video of it, but I couldn't, I couldn't find one uh, in time, and I don't have my footage anywhere, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, you come in on, on the ship, on the... Good lord, what are they called? I can't remember. I'm going to call it an airship. Airship? Yeah. Airship? Yeah. airship? Oh, no, no. That's fine. Um, and you see the pyramids, and you see like the area for the first time. The music's good, things are moving, and then you get to the desert, and you're like, "Damn, one, I'm in the desert." In Guild Wars Two, which isn't really a mm. thing we've had before, um, like that kind of biome. And then we've got, you know, the start of it, and and that shit, that that beginning was pretty hype. I mean, I thought that was quite good compared to like Heart of Thorns. I don't really remember Heart of Thorns entrance as well. It was still pretty good because the airship, like people had crash landed. You just come out of what? Um, the 
the previous zone because you started there didn't you you started in the previous well, that, zone yeah so like yeah. we got the intro i guess to heart of thorns at the end of the living world season two was it yeah we got so. the cinematic uh, but in the terms cinematic, of like, yeah. the in-game stuff that was when we were in the silver way yeah through the door i guess it's nice in its own way though you you kind of go off onto this cliff and you get to sort of see how vertical everything is right at once so that's yeah. nice but uh definitely different in path of fire it's more cinematic entrance Yes, it feels yeah. like it hits you more with a bang as opposed to like Heart of Thorns, which is kind of like a gradual, like working in through the story and then you get there. And and I remember even that first kind of mission or like that first moment, even feeling a little bit short because, you know, you're kind of, you get through it and you're like, oh, wait, now I guess we're going to wander around and try and figure out where we are or what happened. Whereas Path of Fire definitely felt very much like here is the thing. And it was, you know, fanfare and yeah. very, very dramatic as you kind of like approach cinematically. Mm -hmm. It was more like yeah. uh, a triple A intro to a game, I guess, in my opinion. They definitely like the the um, the pyramid crumbling down as you pass by it. Oh yeah, that was that was something that you haven't seen in Guild Wars Two before, at least. That was pretty nice. Yeah, that was good. They didn't do I mean, they didn't do much more of that actually. It reminds me of Elder Scrolls Online and how they do their story sometimes with different camera angles and stuff, and you're like you move your perspective to see different things which kind of occurring. That was kind of what they did. I think, uh, I think it's because that prob that animation probably was like built unique for yeah. that thing and was probably a little intense to do because I don't think the game engine is able to do that naturally. <laughs> No, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but it did. It but... did like go straight into. Actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't instance, was it? Because like, yeah, that happened, and then you went into the game, and you were just there, right? I mean, people were loading in. I'm pretty sure. Like, it was the actual map. It wasn't like an instance, or was it? I can't even it remember. Instance. It was an instance, yeah, and uh, and that's when you, I mean, very nicely get your first map. The first, right in the, first, the, the first, uh, and that was the first instance, right? It, yeah. it, it's been three years. I haven't played it since, and I completely forgot. I did. Oh, I could give you constantly. I could give you the exact rundown because I think I've done this five or six times at least to get my friends into it to get them out. Damn. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you arrive on the ship, drop down into the first pyramid, and then there is that lady who, spoilers, is actually somebody from Guild Wars 1. Can you say spoilers uh, after three years? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just spoilers. 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 We're talking about that. You, can, you can say names. Uh, <laughs> if you want. I don't know their name. I mean, if you know their name, then cool. <laughs> you can do that. And So, yeah, you go fight her. She's the Herald of Balthazar. She runs off after killing some people. I think you could save the people, but maybe not all the people if you're good um she runs off you chase her to fire you you help out some villagers and get a raptor and then chase her some more and then you end up in amnun oasis and that's mm -hmm. it which is yeah. a nice place pretty much the general flow <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was it was i did like like the first i guess what do you guys feel like in terms of just entering i guess the desert then is that quite a cool biome is it quite cool like the first map and you like get there for the first time you're like oh I actually think that the desert biomes in Guild Wars 2 are, and we'll talk about this more with maps later too, but like, I think they are some of my absolute favorite desert regions that have been realized in a game. 
just because like I've been in so many other games where you get to the desert and it's like sand, red sandstone, <laughs> sand everywhere, more yeah. sand, uh, sky sort of sand colored, like. And it it drives me insane because I'm like, there's so many different ways that you can make these environments rich and beautiful. And like the architecture in these zones is stunning. The colors that they use, even for like the tile work, um, the way that like the day and night can like affect how the desert looks is so beautiful. The colors, like it was one of the first times that I've actually been in like a desert environment and felt that it felt just as rich as like the culture and people and world and everything that like a fantasy game could offer you just set in a desert and it, it didn't feel repetitive it didn't feel like sand everywhere anakin skywalker displeasure intensifies like it felt really visually beautiful honestly yeah i mean they have a way of doing that don't they I, heart of thorns it's like four maps <laughs> arena net we make sand really well well not just sand i'm just saying because like Individ the, the each individual grain right? has so Art much. Thorns love. was the jungle expansion, <laughs> yes, and yeah, yeah. Path of Fires was the desert expansion. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that you're able to make four maps of jungle feel different. I, I got to be honest. I think four maps you start to like feel like okay, this is enough jungle. <laughs> but it's but they, they definitely made each one feel different and yeah. for the desert same thing They're, they have a good way of making the maps feel different even if it's desert or jungle i mean maybe we maybe we just yeah. have the maps combo now it might be easier <laughs> screw it well, um one thing that i kind of i well in the introduction to the maps i kind of wanted like an on foot adventure I'm always kind of displeased with how sometimes they'll be like, oh, you get portals over here or you get mm. airships over here. I much prefer, like, oh, okay. I understand the world of Guild Wars 2 and its technological advancements than Guild Wars 1. Yeah. But I still very much enjoy that, like, old fantasy trope adventure where you don't have this technology and you have to kind of brave the... Mm. Oh, walking is the, a very 80s thing, proof. Like, it is. I mean, now everybody just segues all over the place. So, but Can you imagine I do... Guild Wars Two just but... just comes in on a segue. <laughs> so I mean, they do, they do segue. They do segue like uh, figuratively through stories. I guess it's <laughs> true. I would lose my mind if Ritlock like rode up on a Segway and was like, "Hey guys, you are seen to Hawthin? Nah, all right." And yeah. then just like, <laughs> it would be so I came good. from the uh, mist. So for my point, it wasn't—it's not a major point, but I still would yeah. have loved to have gone through that like gate near Ebon Hawk and kind of venture that oh, way. Yeah. We still can't get through that gate. We I know. still cannot. But I mean, um, overall, it's fine. Yeah, it brings up a good point though, Kerf, because I was actually thinking with this too. That just like Boots was saying, the fact that that first mount is literally in that first instance, on one hand, it's like, great, everybody wanted mounts, everybody's losing their mind. I mean, no, I do not want to have to do like a long, stupid grind like you, you know, had to in WoW for so long to get flying unlocked or to get this thing unlocked or to get, you know, I wanted to be able to experience it. But at the same time, it does create this like weird dilemma of like, I mean, again, you don't really necessarily have to go out on foot and people will just skip the story to get that first mount because they're like, oh, it's super easy to do this. So even if it spoils me in some way a little bit, I'm just going to get this quest done and I'm just going to get the mount. Mm. So it's like it has good and bad to it because on one hand, I do think it's more convenient and people obviously do it. But on the other hand, I'm like, 
it does kind of take yeah. a little bit of that on foot exploration stuff out of the way. So you're thinking of for so you're thinking of for like new players in the game who haven't necessarily done Heart of Thorns yet or done all the way up to level eighty. Well, they have to have done eighty, but but like the entire core story as well. Yeah, think- so many people skip. Like yeah. I even myself when I so I came in right after Path of Fire release, like a little bit, like right after that. Um, and when I was going through stuff, even you know, I guess just a handful of months you know, after, you know, we kind of gotten into a bit of, like, the patch cycle post-release, um, I had people just, like, coming in, like, why are you doing stuff on foot in Heart of Thorn? <laughs> I, you know you could just skip. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing And I was, like, because I... Because I'm a masochist. Want- yeah, well, I was, like, <laughs> one, because I love suffering, and two, um, because I actually kind of want to experience these maps like they wanted me to, and the story like they wanted me to, and that's just sort of the player that I am. And it's not a bad thing to have that convenience because some people do. And those maps in Heart of Thorns are arduous. So having the mount can make it much easier, especially now without so many people being in there exploring alongside you right off the bat. But like, it was interesting to me that it kind of put this like weird pressure, I think, on the community to like, you know, it's nonsensical for you to experience Heart of Thorns now just kind of on foot without getting that mount. I see yeah. what you're saying, but I feel like if a player feels like they shouldn't play it the way you're not supposed to play it, then they'll not do it like you did. But I understand like getting pressure from the community to do it is a little annoying. Well, they might play it out of order as well, depending if Leia Leia got a boost, bleh, a boost and all everything else. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know. I need to use my player boost and actually check like where you end up. But to be honest, though, I think that it needed to be in the first instant, the uh, the Raptor mount, because of the fact that all the maps are designed for mounts. You can uh, hire mounts as well, right, in different places. That's true. Yeah. I mean, they definitely were designed for it. So having that is, I think, a way for you to explore more as opposed to, you know, like limiting you a bunch. Let's yeah. imagine, about- imagine if you didn't get the Raptor mount in the first instance and you had to do the entire first map, that gigantic map on foot, before getting your mount in the second map. You have to get it because you got the race in the city. Um. And that's like the first thing I did. So. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I can't there, imagine running that race would be quite annoying. Maps that, there are certain things in the previous map that you could only get or do uh, with like the skimmer or the... Uh, like they designed the maps to have yeah, yeah, blocked yeah. areas. There was story. Story progression was you had to do because there's bits where a skimmer where you can only get across. Like in one of the maps, so you have to have one. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And you have to use. I the wouldn't balls. have minded if they didn't do it the first instance, though. I felt like they could have maybe like done it second or third instance. Introduce yeah. just to maybe like. Yeah, just to maybe give you like that sense of like. Oh, these places are really big. I think I need to use swiftness. I think I know why, though. Proof. I think I know why. And and we can do this now. We can talk about mounts, and we'll talk about maps as we talk about mounts, because that was the main feature of the expansion. The expansion, Mm. yeah, cool. We're going to Crystal Desert. That's cool. We've got new elite specializations. We've gone to new areas. We've gone to. We've got new elite specializations before. We've done masteries before, but now you got mounts. I mounts is the thing, and back in the day, mounts. We're not going to have mounts in Guild Wars Two. No, they, it was always like, ah, oh, we don't, know. don't think so. I think there was certain devs that even said just no, 
We're not gonna, probably not going to have them just because the way we want people to experience the world. Then we got gliders, and we we're like, oh, that's cool. And then <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. And then we're like, fuck it, let's just go for. Wow, I suck at swearing. Um, and then just go for mounts. And, <laughs> and, and, but as we know, because especially as we know of combat, which is not very similar to any other MMO we know, uh, other than maybe ESO, I guess. Um, they went for it. They just bought script. And they went all in, though, right? Oh, God. Yeah. All in yeah, they went... half a biscuit, they... tin layer, yeah. I mean, it is unique that the mounts in Guild Wars 2 really do have their own progression, right? I mean, yeah. um, I, I can kind of think of two things off of that. One being that in Heart of Thorns, I think the design mentality was very different, you know, right? Like, the masteries and things that you had to unlock to navigate the terrain as easily as possible, including guide, uh, glider, but then also everything from, like, you know, the toxin resistance and all that kind of stuff. But they did the same thing in Path of Fire. The mounts were the things that you had to upgrade in order to get around the maps. But, but I think that they kind of made you feel the pain of not having them more in Heart of Thorns. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was really something that, like, you had to long-term work for. Whereas in, like, Path Mm -hmm. of Fire, and, and I would be interested if this actually weighed into the decision, they do kind of lead up front with that more, but then like mastering those mounts and really being able to navigate super efficiently takes time. But it's not like it's this long thing where right at the end you get all the abilities that make it really easy, right? Like you get the first mount and then like over the progression of things, you do get other mounts interspersed that make other trains easier or upgrade, culminating in that sort of griffin mount. So there is a progression there. It may be I would be curious if it was like a direct response almost to to the pacing of Heart of Thorns if players found that frustrating. Um, But yeah, it's not often that sometimes like you see in an MMO that big feature, that thing that players would have to like grind for or work for just in the first instance, like right there, here you go, have one. But I think it did showcase some of the really unique things about mounts right off the bat because we knew that like they weren't just going to be mounts that we unlocked. They were going to be really unique modes of transportation that changed Mm -hmm. how maps were designed. So yeah, you can kind of see not, that yeah, as well. That's it. That's that's the big thing that it both changed how maps were designed, but also very strongly influenced the gameplay of Path of Fire. And the the design of the maps was the game is essentially the gameplay of non-instance content in Path of Fire, and the mounts are ingrained in these maps. Like there are sections you can't get to without the Springer. There are sections you can't get to without the level three Raptor. There are sections you can't get to without the uh, the Jackal. Uh, they There's a very large similarity between the way they designed Heart of Thorn maps, like you were saying, to the way they designed Path of Fire maps. But I think they made it both easier and more fun to upgrade your mounts in Path of Fire to do the things uh, on in the Path of Fire maps than they did in Heart of Thorns. It was, and they continued to do that. Like you're talking about, you know, the the maps being like mounts being able to access different things because they continued that onward past Path of Fire into the living story. So we obviously got at the end of things, you've got like when you get to the end of the game, pretty much, I mean, you're going for like the Griffin, which was, you know, not 100% necessary. It was a secret. And it was a secret. It was a massive secret. Like no one knew until like, I mean, it was a week or so after maybe i don't know i can't remember um but even now like with the roller beetle there's still like some extra bits and bobs that you can get access to um and obviously the uh sky scale of doom 
Um, I mean, love. I mean, joy. <laughs> it's just the sky scale. It's not called off doom or upsetness. Um, it's I love just, the sky scale. I, I mean, I love the mouth. <laughs> it's just I'm not going to talk about how you get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it was fine. It was easy. <sighs> I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, I guess it does <laughs> technically still kind of count in semi path of fire content, right? I mean, it's yeah. it is interesting to me that we have the Griffin and the Sky Scale, and yeah. that each of them really do offer a different, I guess, experience to unlock that kind of mobility, right? Like Griffin being kind of like story immersive, you spend more gold on it, and it doesn't take quite as much of your existence out of you. Yeah. Sky Scale obviously being a far longer grind. I mean now with the additional maps and things that we've gotten heading into season five it it has made it much easier but it is still like it is a big old grind and there were a few parts of that like the loops you do around that map a hundred times where i was like i don't need to i don't need to give medicine or find the eggies anymore (laughs) (laughs) i'm so tired please let me be done with this um but i mean it doesn't cost you as much gold so it's like letting players i think have a different way to kind of engage or choose to unlock that but i was surprised that the sky scale did not negate for me my use of the griffin because that was my no. big worry i don't know if anybody else was worried about that no, like I, I don't think so it's too slow right it's uh sky scale sky is like is... about the sky like going up into the sky like literally it, and then griffin I is like I about going fast. That i don't actually use the griffin nearly oh. as much as i did i very rarely use it at all actually wow. just because the gr- granted it's the griffin is much faster but there's also an element of fault where you could mess it up and hit the floor <laughs> um and I think sometimes i'll use it if i want to get across map really fast and i happen to be up high but most of the time i don't use the griffin at all anymore because hmm. I find the sky scale to just be more of a leisure, leisurely yes. time I, to pass through things. Right, how do you I say leisure? Say how do you say leisure? Sorry, leisure. Leisurely. Is that the an way American way? way? Do you all say it that way? Leisure. People say, say leisure le- or le- leisure. Le- leisure. leisure. Yeah. It's, no, it's not leisure. <laughs> <laughs> it can be leisure actually, if you I want it to. I say leisure. It is leisure. Schedule but... Z. Um, what? So I would, yeah. We do say leisure, yes. Mostly. I would, yeah. I would say that the sky, yeah. sky scale is probably Arena Net's answer to people who felt like the game didn't have a more traditional flying mount, I guess. Because the Griffin is different from every other flying mount in any other MMO, for sure. Yeah. Uh, super fun. Love the Griffin. Uh, but probably there are some people who didn't like it because it was harder to control. So uh sky scale is just you know you're straight up you get to hover you get to fly up if you want to you get to fly down everything a little bit slowly but it's it's nice to get around a map more tactically i guess so i mean i I am also going to say from a non-mechanical standpoint at all uh having a dragon mount in a game in which dragons are so heavily featured is fantastic it is nice yes oh people were not happy about that but it's a really dragon. <laughs> they were like we're trying to kill these dragons they're really rare creatures and then they and, and then they're like but now we can ride them and they're everywhere i'm like dude this is not the same dragon Calm the no they're di- i mean they're different entities you can have you know winged reptilian yeah. creatures like but, I mean, it also opened up the door for me to eventually one day get, like, a juvenile arena skin for it, which I very much oh, yeah. appreciate and would love. So, ArenaNet, just a heads up. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> but, Some people wouldn't be I happy. Mean, Wait, all right. It, okay, it is interesting to me, I guess, overall. I mean, whether or not you use each of the, like Griffin versus Skyscale, right? I think that is going to really depend on who you are as a player. Um, I just recently who you are as a person as well. Well, <laughs> well yeah. what kind of person is going to do that? I mean, yeah, I guess. You might, you might enjoy, I think, more of the kind of finesse element with Griffin, which I really only started getting into myself semi-recently by doing all the Griffin sort of courses, which are super difficult and fun and interesting. Um, and like Skyscale does give you, I think, a more reliable kind of flight experience, but... <laughs> Reliable, um, it, yes. it is amazing to me how <laughs> dynamic griffin can be if you use it and like that momentum can be fun and rewarding in and of itself mm, um yeah. but even with those two aside like i see i've seen in chat people saying you know like springer mount is completely dead this thing you know is completely dead but like personally i still use a lot of those mounts like mm, even yeah. if i'm just landing on something and i'm like well i just need to get to this ledge and it's like two feet you know i'll maybe like throw on my my springer and jump up um skimmer was probably my least used until we got the underwater sort of update which has been great mm -hmm. um i mean it's it's really interesting mm -hmm. to me that this could have been something that was introduced this unique mount mobility system right that was introduced and then like everybody's saying truly was just like everything was dead once you got you know x y or z but the fact that they've continued to develop content like the jackal puzzles and, you know, the, even the roller beetle races and like these different things that give you content with those mounts is super fun and forward thinking. And I think it really helps them shine. Mm -hmm. I always forget about the roller beetle. <laughs> what do you mean you forget about the roller beetle? It's the best mount. I forget about the oh, roller beetle, okay? It's the, just like this. The roller beetle is the best. I'm mount. bad at drifting. I'm bad, I'm bad I'm, at it. I'm actually okay I using so. it, but. I only really started to appreciate it once they updated the roller beetle to where it gave you the full endurance bar right off the bat. Because yeah. you, you used to have to wait like five, ten seconds for it to fully charge. And then even yeah. then, it's, it's that even more risk reward, which I actually really like with the mounts. I do still very much appreciate the Griffin. But um, I've really began to love it more since those updates, the roller beetle that is. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's because the they've mount, actually pulled these I... like mounts into they've they've not forgotten about them, which I think is the most important thing. And I still don't think they've forgotten about gliding either. Uh, I think... Obviously, from like you know, from, I mean, we're talking about gliding and talking about half ones, but like um, you know, obviously the skins like the the mounts had several different feet like um I, aims, I guess, or goals or you know benefits for arena and, and the players like. Completely different way of experiencing map content. <clears throat> going back to a more... So if, if we're introducing maps into this conversation as well, which we're going to do. Um, going for a more flat one-leveled, or maybe even two maximum, I guess, uh, leveled maps, rather than going into these deep vertical spaces like, you know, maybe Heart of Thorns was kind of about. Don't have nightmares, it's okay um and uh, you know if you're gonna have flat land and you're just gonna have more area like a bigger area to explore like making that more interesting via mounts is a good way of doing it you know it was very much linked to that i feel because gliders you know we needed that for the verticality that you had with half horns i think it's very intentional obviously um and then going for mounts you know you can take on more land you can get across places quicker you've got less waypoints you've got i think you I think do you have less waypoints i think you have less waypoints in path of fire than you do in heart of thorns as well 
as far as I remember. I think so. It feels sure. like it to me, to be honest. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it feels kind of the same. I was like, that's kind of one thing that I was really, um, I paid attention to a lot early on in Pathfire. I've since completely forgotten about it, but I was really for like only, I wanted them to only add like two waypoints per map to really give the mount some like extra oomph and to maybe compel people to explore the maps. Yeah. But ultimately it still felt pretty well populated. So, Other than oh, yeah. the Ellen Riverlands, that only had three waypoints. <laughs> I think both um, Path of Fire maps and Hearthorn maps both have far less than Corteria maps. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Definitely but the difference, I guess, between Heart of Thorns and Path of Fire, how they deal with just having mounts, is that the maps in Path of Fire are just, like, three times as big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you'll have the same amount of waypoints, but they're three times further away than normal. I've, well, I think the waypoints are on different levels on Heart of Thorns as well. Like there was like yeah, you know the true. different technical levels, yeah, which was a little bit more difficult to walk around. Um, Bed and Brig was okay. Um, I I did like that. I think a lot of, and I heard a lot of people, you know, kind of mention that they felt like some of the balance between Heart of Thorns, which many players found too punishing, very frustrating, very difficult. You know, hard if you didn't have a group, or you know, you just didn't know what quite what was happening. Like, getting into Path of Fire, I've heard a lot of people mention that, like, you know, some people really liked that shift to, like, oh, the maps maybe now are a little bit less, like, super stacked and, you know, super confusing, and how do I get to this one thing? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and less maybe deadly in most, but not all areas. I mean, there are definitely some areas that are still challenging. Um, and then I also had heard a lot of people who didn't necessarily like that. Like, they wished that it was more complex. They wished that it was still an open world that was really punishing and challenging. So I've been really glad, I think, to see that even if, like, Pathfire itself with the map set that we got was maybe a little bit more straightforward, with some of the maps that we've been getting since in the Living Seasons, I mean, even, like, Dragonfall, I can think, has a ton of verticality. Like, there's so much. There were cliffs I'd, like, walk up to the bottom of. I'm like, you guys to be kidding me. Come on. <laughs> like, I can't yeah. go up there until I get the sky scale, right? Great. Well, fine. I guess I'll just sit down here and die. Like... <laughs> It was funny to me that it had been so long since I felt like that, you know? Mm. Um, But even getting like that to now, you know, our newer maps where we have this kind of world versus world element where there is like maybe a waypoint. And then if we unlock other stuff, you can then go around to the different encampments or, you know, I think Mm. we're seeing them kind of experiment with pushing again what they want to do with that, you know? Um, which is exciting to me because I do like a balance and I do think it makes some of the mounts like springers or gliders and stuff like that maybe have a bit of a stronger place versus like the flat maps. Um, but even those still had some interesting little areas, you know? Mm. Yeah, I agree. I um, I think that the maps were designed for their time and they progressed a little bit past that now, like you said, with... Uh, more interesting design and we also have new mounts since path of fire and uh and yeah they're just it makes me wonder about the next expansion i don't know if we're allowed to talk about the next expansion on this path of fire <laughs> podcast no <laughs> i mean we could we can dip in like a tiny bit but there's a lot of path of fire to talk about i was gonna have a, a full-on like we're, we're i'm gonna have a few podcasts about the next expansion before there's even any news about it so Right. This is uh, and, <laughs> but like you know i mean there there is that like you know you've had gliders you've had mounts and then you know 
the next thing. We can talk about that, yeah? Maybe, maybe another time, but it does make you think about where they would kind of go to next. And that, that is true, but there is a lot more to talk about. And I think there's probably even more stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it does make you think about that. But they, they're already kind of, and, and to be fair, no, it's kind of linked because, you know, they've done the skimmer, you know, we're going to water. We're going, you know, they've they've already kind of introduced us into, you know. Yeah, so we already have that raptor mount, so we don't need to get a different one in the first instance of the next expansion. Yeah. Because we have that underwater uh, intro mount with the skimmer that we already have. Although, I guess that means that when they sell the next expansion, they're, they're going to bundle Path of Fire in it? Probably. Well, they'll, they'll just do, I mean, they, they have to. Yeah. Unless you they, do they get it ready. They didn't do that for Path of Fire. You were able to buy them separately back then. It's it, but the thing yeah. is now they're li- if they are linked, like you say, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, how are they going to do that? Are they going to give? But the thing is, again, you know, you can just hire these. They've just put mounts out to hire. You so yeah, when Path of Fire them. was coming out, I actually argued for the way they they did it in the end that you could buy Path of Fire separately from Heart of Thorns, or you could buy them as a combo, which they is what they did. That. Yeah, you have to do that. Um, and because the whole, uh, because earlier on, before Heart of Thorns, they redesigned the whole trait system. They redesigned everything to make things able to be separated out between mm-hmm. expansions. Um, and so I was like, if they're designing it that way, they might as well, or they should make them able to be standing up independently. But I think by now in the game's mm-hmm. lifetime, we've kind of progressed past that as well. And I feel like now, if they do a new expansion, they might as well just stuff everything else into it you know what i mean yeah. i mean there'll I mean, be one too. there'll be one oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeb. no there, yeah. there'll be like uh it's just a quick blurb. It's there'll be like a. I think uh, it's weird because when you're talking about that i was like i because i literally started playing world of warcraft on stream last night and battle for azeroth is the latest expansion before shadowlands which is coming out it's been a long time since I played that, and I was like, they've got a whole new player experience. Battle for Azeroth is like, how many expansions later? So many. And I, you play to level 10 in the new experience, like in a new instance, a new designed area, and then you go straight into BFA, which is the latest expansion. And they're just like, and if you've got higher level characters and stuff, you can go into whatever expansion you want to go into. So there is See, ways that they can do that. Like maybe even Guild Wars 2 can think about doing that and bringing them into the content straight away. And they've, they've kind of got that with the level boost, I guess. I feel like Bird of Chess is going to say something relevant. Oh, I here. do have some thoughts. But I mean, you're always going to say something I mean, relevant. Sorry. That's <laughs> only rude. <laughs> like, no, you know, no, no, no. What I'm no, I mean, you knew. You knew they were coming. I, um, <laughs> I think it's just, it's, it's different design mentalities, right? Yeah. So there are like two major sort of design mentalities that we've seen as far as tackling story or narrative in MMOs. And this is just from my own personal experience and observation, right? There is these sort of like each thing is standalone where, you know, each of the different expansions features its own narrative arc, which pretty much any player who can come into it will be able to understand the heroic struggle. You'll be able to get the full experience and it will be like a campaign in and of itself. Also kind of similar to like Guild Wars Mm 1 where all of the different expansions and sort of campaigns were their own thing that you could or couldn't have and you can make a new character or things like that for them, right? And then there is a subsect of 
of MMOs that more recently has kind of tried to go almost back to more of that single player experience. Um, and 14 and I think Guild Wars 2, the way that it kind of is now, have gone for that mentality of, well, if we have a game that we can develop for years, we can tell a story, a linear story of a scale that a single player experience will never be able to. Yeah. And we can like immerse players in years of narrative that build up their relationship with the world and the characters in a linear way. That has its own pros and cons. Cause like you said, people can't always just jump straight in and just understand what's happening. But mm. kind of like in 14, you know, uh, Shadowbringers was just lauded for its storytelling, but its storytelling was based off of a story premise that was built in the core game in mm. optional side content. Oh no. So <laughs> it's like it's something that I think MMO developers just didn't assume or ever think that players would want, but it can pay off. And I think we've seen with Guild Wars 2's development that they've moved more and more to the idea of a linear narrative yeah. and the power that that journey can hold. So I would be super surprised if they let you skip. Like, that's the main essence. Yeah. Like, I'd be super surprised yeah. if they were just like, yeah, you can blast through whatever and just go to the newest expansion. You don't need to know who Arena is. That's fine. Balthazar, he's smelly. You don't need to care about him. Elder Scrolls Online does it, though. Elder Scrolls Online does it, then, don't they? Like, one yeah. Tamriel is, like, a big thing where you start off, if you're a new player, you have no choice. <laughs> you are going into Greymore. You are going into West and Skyrim and you are gonna go and do that you're gonna go do that first start quest and uh, first intro to the game which is not too bad and then you know then you can go wherever you want it doesn't matter like it's truly open in that way but the reason but the thing is is that and now World of Warcraft has this as well um is that these areas scale to the player and Guild Wars 2 is gonna slowly be one of the more current MMOs. I can't remember if this is the truth in Final Fantasy XIV, so I think Bird of Chess, you probably play this um, the most of us. I don't know about Boots and anyone else, but like the world scales to you in Guild Wars 2, and sorry, not in Guild Wars 2, in, um, well, if you go backwards, it doesn't, if you go upwards. Um, although it does, doesn't it actually? Can you with mentors? Can you actually in Guild Wars 2? Can you get huh? mentored what? up? Like, no, you can't upscale you someone. Can't. That was well, their initial idea, and they scrapped it. Other than World versus World, but no one cares. Who cares about yeah, that? World versus and PvP. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can technically go to zones you haven't been. To. Like you know what I mean. Like you will die a lot. Like but you yeah. can teleport a friend or move. It doesn't scale as flexibly as ESO, which is one thing that I love about ESOs. Like from an exploration zone mm -hmm. standpoint, mm -hmm. like the fact that it is more modular, so each map is its own narrative and you can travel freely once you kind of get through that initial thing whatever they roll you into i love that 14 doesn't do that at all and it's terrible like mm. i'll be real it's, it's a lot linear. of like i love the older maps and i love like but they have struggled with their like immersive map design in many ways um so like yeah if you go to a lower level zone you're gonna blast everything you if you're low level you can't go to any higher zones but that's not really the experience that they designed yeah. so guild wars 2 is kind of a hybrid between where you have this mm -hmm. more linear story but technically more freedom in the maps and world do you know what i mean because you could go back to the core maps if you wanted to and experience them. Yeah. Um, so that is a good question because uh, Sin of Anubis in chat uh, brings up a question about that kind of. 
um, he's mentioning something that they kind of did in Factions in Guild Wars 1, right. uh, when their first expansion for after, after Prophecy, um, where what they did was when you, you could make a character in Factions starting off as a level one character, and they kind of have like a newbie island storyline that loves you all the way up to level 20, which was the highest level back then. Uh, and then you move on to the main island and start oh, holy the rest crap. of the campaign. That's kind of what World of Warcraft was literally just done. Right, crazy, like with Pandaria though. and stuff, right? No, yeah, literally I... just done. Literally just done. Yeah. Like they literally just put in brand new player experience where you get literally trapped on an island. So, <laughs> so it's like... Guild Wars 1, that's what they did for both expansions in Guild Wars 1. But they did mm. not do that for Guild Wars 2, at, at, in the first two expansions at least. It's been linear like Rook's been talking about. I, I, hate, I hate that. I don't, like, I don't like that. I mean, it's yeah. like we've yeah. talked about when we, like Tengu, for example, right? Like Tengu, because of their place in the world and, you know, stuff like that. If for some reason in the future we get a new race, yes, maybe you'd have to roll them in with some kind of optional little side thing to skip the personal story stuff. You know what I mean? Like, which I think is fine. But when I played WoW, that was one thing that I hated so, so, so much. Because it's like you have all these years of content and writing Mm -hmm. and story building. But like, rather than trying to make that story something and like that experience something that players still feel is worth going through and scales mm-hmm. to them and is interesting and like introduce ways that like dungeon sync is actually a real thing and not just like a random event that happens sometimes like mm-hmm. i stubbornly went through all of the expansions of wow when i first played it because i wanted to know what was happening and even then i still didn't always know what was happening <laughs> so like it's to me i just think that especially for the longevity of an MMO, rushing players to new content isn't always the best strategy because you do miss out on like monopolizing on the content and stuff that you already have that's there. So like, yeah, I would agree with you entirely. I think, I think that that is something that Heart of Thorns and Path of Fire lack. Um, especially Path, Heart of Thorns, not so much because I think in those four jungle things, it would probably be difficult to say there's an entire civilization. I guess you can make an insul race but uh, but you could make you know there there are people living in the desert. You could have done something like that. Have somebody live their life with the reign of uh, uh, Kalawa Joko over him and and have a storyline and introduce people to the storyline that way. But especially with a new expansion in Cantha, you have an entire island that's been cut off from the civilization for two hundred fifty years, so or two hundred years. So like. Uh, there's so much story to tell there that it'll be probably difficult to tell it just by jumping you in as a level 80 character. You'd probably want to introduce people to it uh, at level one and then work your way up and maybe let people who have level 80 characters join into the story once they hit level 80. Mm -hmm. However, if they do that, they probably might as well make a new race, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's ever really going to happen. I think the only time <laughs> Groove we're just gonna... destroying Boots' dreams like within two <laughs> seconds of no, 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 no. In terms of the race, it's never going to happen. I think yeah. there would be a wonderful idea for the race, but I think that they would have to implement 
Tengu or a dwarf or something, but it would have to be yeah, centralized. Fuck yeah, dwarves. Sorry, but I'm the sorry only again. the dwarf, the only dwarf remaining, right? The one Wait, dwarf who is alive. You, know, you can't all be the same character. The magic in this world up. exists. You can reverse a curse, I think. I believe. Yeah. Oh, be I think the only time you would God see damn. that idea of a leveling island, I I just don't think that's ever going to happen in modern day goers too hmm. but the only time that it could is if it was say the tengu where you level not from 1 to 80 but from 1 to 30 because at 30 that's when the story becomes more or less universal you pick an order and then it becomes fairly yeah. linear yeah. in in the sense there's not going to necessarily be like an entire experience I mean, this, unless this... they just they get rid of the whole entire importance of the core leveling experience and just have a an island where you literally get like 10 levels every quest I think because you have is, to get to 80 somehow that's definitely <laughs> questions for maybe the the next expansion for sure i think we'll get we'll, yeah. de we'll get definitely okay, talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah. Cool. definitely that's, that's the next that's the next one we're going off off topic a little bit um, <laughs> higher. But like, it's bizarre. i think it's because we're talking it's about that high together because like you were saying though yeah. people weren't totally sure how they were going to handle things right so part of thorns two path of fire was a big deal because, like, that kind of set the tone as to how, like, the living seasons between that even would tie in what, you know, we would get as far as, like, linear stories or, you know, more sort of condensed stories. Um, I mean, there's a big sort of – those first three expansions of any MMO, I think, really kind of show and, and or set the precedent for how content will develop in the future. So – it is interesting to look at Path of Fire as the follow-up to Heart of Thorns and then theorize about, you know, what we may see now that we're 2x packs in, right? Like yeah. yeah, absolutely. So Path of Fire was, in a lot of ways, a direct response to Heart of Thorns. Um, it was, so they, they basically looked at all of the complaints that people had and the things that people said were good about Heart of Thorns and said, okay, okay, we're going to try to keep the things you guys liked about Heart of Thorns, but we are definitely going to go completely the other direction with all the complaints. So people said that it was too grindy and too difficult, so they tried to make it less grindy and less difficult. It's still difficult, like, mind you, it's still di and more now difficult people spend than less time in Path of Fire maps than they do in Heart of Thorns. Um <laughs> I mean, it would have been difficult if they didn't blow the elite specs out of the ass but you know <laughs> the the group. Yeah. Creep, what that's you... the real fire bringer right <laughs> that's there true. that's where it comes from that's true. <laughs> but um, i do i do see um in chat and this is actually something that i would love to talk about uh i think the big one the big response or difference that i really felt between the two because each one's its own different experience right i like them both for different reasons but one thing that did feel very noticeably different between Heart of Thorns into Path of Fire, and that also kind of ties into like the map discussion that we were having, are mm. metas, which mm. I do have to say that like I I love the Heart of Thorns metas. The last time I was on the cast, I <laughs> raved about Dragon Stand. Like I adore oh. them. Um, I'm so glad, Crew, if you feel the same. And I will say, I don't think that Path of Fire had as many memorable ones. Like. I mean, no. we've had some interesting ones as we've gone on in the living season, but like just Path of Fire itself is that, kind of cool. Yeah. You get the Guild Wars one reference with All the world bosses, the, but yeah, no that is for sure the one. I think the biggest complaint people had with Path of Fire, mm -hmm. yeah, besides the not grinding. Down. Um, I think in terms of maps, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It was not memorable, 
and there was no there was no real sense of a meta at least there was when no, compared to heart a, of thorns there isn't big ones. they were there but they weren't like they, they weren't as obvious it. or as like pushed in terms of like and the rewards that, it's the, and rewards. the rewards yeah that's what it is it's, yeah. that's the thing though because heart of thorns wasn't just about the mounts and everything else it introduced legendary armor which is one of the biggest reasons that people yeah but meta, meta events weren't really about legendary armor are they well, they just had like you have to go skins. you have to go to a lot of them to get the legendary armor and raiding because raiding was in heart of thorns as well and yeah, you, but... you get that in Path of fire I, I understand what you're saying but like there's many added, different yeah. it's there's a lot of benefit to doing like the metas and the metas being there like the rewards is the main thing like one of the main things yeah. as well is like there is there is a lot of rewards there's a lot there's legendary armor there's all the skins there's all the achievements there's all the amount of items you can get towards the other things there's tons of gold to be made and and i think like you've all said there isn't really a lot of that in pathfire it's more of achievements and skins mm. are there but they are unlocked through achievements rather than buying them specifically i think there is some you can buy when you do some so, of them so do you think that the reasoning behind them not making the um map metas as prevalent or as impactful as in heart of thorns because they they somehow got the feedback from heart of thorns that people didn't like being forced to do the map meta i mean i guess or being shamed into doing it i guess I don't yeah know. i it i could see that and um I mean, the thing is, is that I think no matter what, there's always going to people who, be people or players who don't like a certain type of content and complain about it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this isn't actually content that I want to do, so I'm annoyed at it. Or I love this content, so I'm annoyed that they don't just focus on that, right? We'll see players um, don't complain about it. But it's like, on one hand, I can understand because I guess on some of those maps, like when a meta is happening, I mean, there is so much that goes on. Like there are massive enemies that might spawn that could completely destroy you. There are, you know, like if you're just minding your own business, it can be alarming sometimes. But at the same time, sounds like experience there. I mean, yeah, you don't have to But like at the same time, having played a lot of different MMOs. I personally think that the value you get out of having something that so many people can do on a map that is like actual open world content, which mm. so many games struggle to design, and that can tell an epic story and struggle in a way that like, I don't even care if the frames drop, like, I'll be honest, <laughs> yeah. and like, that might have even been some of why, you know, because, oh, well, frame gets really bad when the huge dragon appears or when this huge thing appears. So maybe we'll scale them down a whole bunch so players don't have to deal with that. But mm. for me, that was like one of the things that first made me fall in love with Guild Wars 2, because I had always wanted to see something like that in an MMO that is capable of doing it, where you all come together on a map and you all engage in this epic struggle, not just an instance content, not just, a you know, like... I wanted to feel that. So I think that if it was in response to feedback, maybe that's feedback they shouldn't have listened to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if they I did. I also think that that no. feedback is more so in the minority. Because I think if you ask anybody who plays an MMO, they're going to they be won't. like, I love those group experiences, those cinematic fights where I feel like it, it's really meaningful and epic. So I, I think the people who are saying like, I don't like the big experience they're more so in the minority 
granted there is there is time for exploration and mm. that's fine but i, I think I that still... they got rid of the meta events too harshly there was basically no map mm. where it was like oh this is the meta maybe domain of abby but still no one really did too much serpent's ire because it was maybe, also like maybe it was just an overreaction to the response to dragon's den which was only meta and not other things yeah, yeah. True, true. I mean, I, I, I still feel that, like, I, we're going to push on a little bit. Um, but I, just to kind of link, I guess, to what I'm trying to think about uh, to other things, because there's so much to talk about. Um, I, I feel like they had a plan, though. And I think that I don't know if it was because of complaints, because I don't think that meta events were massively complained about. I think the maps were the complaint. And the thing with where we are now is if can you imagine if there were meta events in those maps as well as all the meta we've got right now that goes on with the current stuff with the amount of maps we current we got added with every episode of the living story there is a lot of meta events yeah. going on Definitely. now and i think oh, that was yeah. purpose now they, they went to lead on to go to go to those maps with the living story and then be like well they're gonna have this leveling experience we want those maps there to introduce mounts. We want these maps there to be, uh, you know, and I would rather them not be a, a way through <laughs> to to the next, you know, living story. But, you know, we want to push them from to this content, which is current and also maybe, you know, where the story is continuing to. I almost do think of Path of Fire as a way through to the to the current content of the game of living story and I don't, I don't think that's obviously an intention they would obviously like people to go back to these maps it's something they've created you don't want this to just be there but that's the way it feels um i feel like sometimes. that's the, cal the calculation with every map they make though right that's that's just how it is you you make a map and it exists as a a draw for people currently playing the game who want to do the new thing and and if there's a meta then it's the meta of the hour because that's that's what people are playing currently. But three months later, if they have a new map with a new meta, that's probably what they're playing instead. Yeah, I mean, it does raise a good question about how they make this, you know, have slightly more longevity. And it has been interesting because I actually, Path of Fire's story, which is something we haven't really talked about too much, but like thinking about Path of Fire as just like a vehicle to where we are now. <laughs> um, I don't know, because I do think that maybe, like, the true culmination of a lot of the major art that we were experiencing did happen in Living Season 4. Like, the finale there with everything, like, that feels like such, you know, we have the stuff that starts with Orin and then spans everything and then kind of culminates, you know, in that Season 4. But at the same time, Path of Fire had some crazy memorable moments to me. Like, the whole Balthazar death thing, like, oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. lost my mind. Like, that was so amazing to me. I was so excited to see that. I loved that story beat. Mm -hmm. um, Joko is really memorable. The setting is honestly one of the most interesting, like, interpretations of a sort of Egyptian-themed society, you know, like, um, and Africa and the regions and all the kind of desert regions that sort of encompass that. Like, I loved that in a fantasy world, the idea of there being a society that, unlike many other fantasies, um, isn't like, oh, necromancy is bad, but instead it's like, what if we just were all undead and lived forever? <laughs> but also, I yeah, ruled over you. Like, I love that. Like, yeah. it's so cool. And it creates this really interesting 
setting you know like mm. it's so fascinating um so even if like some of the design and stuff maybe felt mechanically a little bit lackluster or like you know some of the maps and things didn't always back up i think the magnitude of struggles i do think the setting and world and some of the little guild wars one references they worked in and like i do really love that and there were some really memorable moments for me in path of mm -hmm. fire as far as story goes well that's the thing isn't it it's, the... it's story like it's the depth of yeah. and that's where they went didn't go into with heart of thorns it wasn't really about the story specific i mean i think they tried to flesh it out with different races I, I, and so i don't feel like it was i don't feel like they got to a place where they felt you know where it was close to Path of Fire at all. Because, like, the Joko stuff, when you talk about that, like, that was massive. Like, that was such an overarching theme of, like, you've got Balthazar and everything else, but, like, some of the best moments are, like, you know, teaching the young people about, you know, the ways of Joker and the correct ways. Like, you know, pick the, picking these options that weren't ethical at all and just being, like, you know, a bit of an arsehole. And, and, you know, these kind of things, which were actually quite good. And, like, I, for some reason, one of the biggest things I remember in Path of Fire is bandaging people in one of the temples and just, like, giving people <laughs> different things. Like, you know, trying to fix their broken leg and stuff like that. I still remember that stuff. And yeah. um, so, like, yeah, I feel like it was more about definitely building the story of the of the people and the and and, you know, everything else that was coming up and even moving forward. So that's where I'm kind of like... I think um, possibly a good way to describe it is that in Heart of Thorns, the story seems to have been built to move you through the maps. And in Path of Fire, the maps were built to move you through the story because the story was always important. Yeah. Yes. Well yeah. said. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also think that the region of Path of Fire kind of gets some leeway well it doesn't impress me as much because they already had a lot of content and story and narrative to build off from i think in the instance of heart of thorns they were trying to build something basically from scratch mm. these regions and the story itself so possibly in a way when arena net was confronted with building something that is fairly new and doesn't have a lot of reference they might fumble a little bit because i do think that they should have fleshed out the Itzel and the New Hawk and the Exalted yeah, a little bit Itzel. more. Yeah. But when they have that extra padding, such as they did with um, Path of Fire, I think they can really knock things out of the park. That's a really good point, honestly, mm -hmm. because Heart of Thorns, I think, has just as intriguing of a setting. And there are some huge yes. questions from that that we still just don't, you know, like the multiple trees. I mean, Silvari as a species are truly, I think, one of the most interesting choices in guild wars 2 as far as like a racial design goes because like mm. and get ready everybody here to go so i do rating but i also love some role playing so i um, <laughs> have recently been doing a lot of research on the silvari because i have a silvari character um and this is part of why i always talk freely about role playing because i think it's a really amazing way to like engage with the game and the world is um, she a second born uh yes <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he is. Uh, okay. But, I mean, there were a lot of things there with the story that I didn't even know about the Silver. You know, like, I was like, whoa, this is so interesting. This is so cool. This is so different than so many other games. Um, as far as, like, a fantasy elf race goes, you know, um, it's really fascinating to have this idea of sentient plant life that may or may not have been created initially to be used as a tool by an ancient draconic entity. Um, it's, it's just so neat. storyline, by the way. 
it's so neat. So like Heart of Thorns is fascinating. And I do almost like, you know, Heart of Thorns, I do wish that we had seen more story-wise, but I think the world is immersive enough that like you can get a lot of stuff if you kind of explore it and really dig into it. Path of Fire, I do think could have had a bit more of an immersive world, but the story was really strong. It'll be really interesting. I'm hoping they can hybridize both of those experiences. I mean, Cantha already has a lot of basis, right? Mm -hmm. um, but Path of Fire, I do think was sort of bulked out with that, like you pointed out, Kruf, Um, That context, I think, supported it a lot. But I mean, we also haven't seen Cantha for ages. So I mean, it's it's interesting to see all these parts of the world, new stuff, stuff that's been drawn from old stuff like in path of fire and then stuff that is old stuff but has been isolated you know for however many generations and could have changed drastically mm -hmm. um gives them some leeway amazing. yeah it's it's interesting to see how they kind of handle that and path of fire i think was a great story expansion in many many ways oh no the story was good the story is better than half thorns i feel the one yeah. is uh, weird I'm... i kind of prefer a heart of thorns theme. it is weird it is weird <laughs> More yeah. than yeah. Weird. Well, the thing is, the story of Heart of Thorns was awesome. Like the story, like the premise yeah. of the of it is awesome. You know, this dragon, like you know, like Berger said, like you know, the Silvare being created essentially as evil goons, and like you know, and, and not being so, but then kind of half being so, depending on you know who you are, um, and then <laughs> and just like you know the whole dragon thing and and that's not what path of fire is path of fire is, is balthazar it's like a completely different enemy like which is actually in like in many you know instances one completely different kind of storyline really for guild wars 2 like it's not a dragon <laughs> that you're one, thing that I'm, one thing that i'm fairly i was fairly well looking back kind of pissed off at is that they didn't utilize the zyshin as much like Balthazar's devout followers. They kind of replaced them with the Forged. But even then, they didn't really establish the Forged as well as they did, say, the Mordrum. Because it was yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. they were his minions, but we only got one champion, the Herald of Balthazar. Hmm. The other ones, it was kind of just like, well, these are just some random mobs. Yeah. So I would have liked more establishment of the, the villains. I guess I... Uh, specifically Balthazar's supporters. So what is it again? They... Sure take souls from the underworld and like tie them to yeah. bodies in they use well, exalted magic and then they put them in spirits into frames and then the yeah. spirits puppeteer them and you know it's they do weird. a little circus dance and they do slashy slashies <laughs> that's i mean that's super interesting the the human gods element of path of fire is especially when you like look at okay so we have balthazar and we have joko right so, like, these two entities in many ways are, I think, I really fantastic to put up against each other because we have one who is, like, a deity, but who reveals his own agenda and humanity in many ways because, you know, of the way that he's sort of diverged and is choosing to act. And then we have, you know, Joko, who is essentially a self-made god in, in, like, the physical realm, you could say. Um... And seeing the two of them together is really interesting. And I, I would have liked to see, like you said, Kruf, I think a little bit more of the overall impact a lot of this has on humanity as like a whole. Because I remember when I got to the story beat where the gods, like you go in and you're like, oh my God, I'm like in the place where the gods are, but nobody's home. And you're like, this is weird. 
and you're kind of like exploring it's like we went on vacation uh, yeah. see ya bye and i was like what yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> i was like this could actually change the entire foundation of every religion and like i was like this is insane and amazing you know it would have been so cool to see the actual like follower factions and we do see a little bit of this with like some of our human companions and Am I remembering correctly in that, like, Paz has some kind of reaction to it? Or I, I think we see, like, some of the human companions respond to it in some Yeah, Kaz is, <clears throat> Kaz is really yeah. shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so but, kind of like, oh, it continues. Sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, please oh, take okay. it away. Like, I just thought that was interesting, but it's a huge, massive thing that kind of gets put under wraps, you know, because they don't want the yeah. world to panic, I guess. But it would have been really interesting to see the world panic. <laughs> and especially because the gods are kind of, they're, they're gone at this point i think it would have been the prime opportunity to physically showcase the gods in like an actual model so i'm kind of sad at that point because we saw cormir and we saw balthazar that we didn't see any of the other gods in their physical mm. manifestation oh, maybe they, they're coming for they're coming up you never know maybe well i'm i'm telling you i don't uh, know how we could bring them back though or I mean, why they would. after the Kanta expansion That'd be some serious retcon <laughs> since since uh, for like maybe six years now, I've been saying, and I say it every podcast I'm on, oh. next expansion's Cantha, before they announced even, I said next expansion Cantha, and then it's Guild Wars in space. And in space includes oh, being in the mists, we're off to search for the gods that left us. I actually back that up and I feel the same, to be completely honest. I mean... It's a huge thing that they could use. There's still so much beyond, um, you know, Path of Fire drew, obviously, from Guild Wars 1 story so heavily. Um, but, I mean, as we continue to look forward, that Guild Wars 1 influence, and it's not a bad thing. Like, of course we need to push beyond what we've seen before, you know? But we do mm -hmm. also need to address and tie up the world as we know it in many ways. Um, but there's so much even beyond just the struggles. And I do think that Path of Fire has some interesting things in it that could be a stepping stone for future story, right? I mean, that human that human gods reveal is pretty massive in scale. And the fact that humans are aliens is also pretty wild. So, I mean, there's a lot there that mm -hmm. I think they could explore and that was set up in Path of Fire. Absolutely. I think Guild Wars 2, though, I feel as though it's the story of Tyria. It's the story of the dragons of Tyria. And that might end with the Cantha expansion. So if we do Guild Wars in space, it might be Guild Wars 3. Okay, we need to push on to another <laughs> subject because okay. we've gone from mounts, maps to now space. So we're definitely done with that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a story. It's and it's the guiding force it's in story, the yeah. podcast uh, way of things. I love hearing your, your guys' passion, which is... He, uh, I'm time. sure you love me bringing it up every single time you see me too, yeah. I don't care. I like Star Trek, dude. I'm a sci-fi geek. I don't care. It's good. I I'm, I, Asura is my main. If we go into space, it's because of my race. So, you know. Utopia would be exciting as well. I mean, there's a lot of it things. But, all things. Um, yeah. We're going to talk Other about. Other more practical things. We're going to talk about also another big thing, uh, which is sometimes scary if you're a PvPer. Um, when, uh, but also major part of the content, which is why, you know, for World v World and PvP specifically, and PvE, but like PvP and World v World, that's our content when you get the expansion. It's the elite specialization. Oh, yeah. Bow, 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 bow. That's appropriate, actually. <laughs> that's completely appropriate. You need like um, a soundboard. Uh, so, 
with each expansion so far so we've had to we got a ton of elite specializations if you don't know what elite specialization is because you're listening to this on uh, anchor or uh, spotify or <laughs> google or itunes or wherever and you're like oh i want to get into guild wars 2 it's basically like a subclass for a main class um specialization in wow is very similar um and in uh for other games elder scrolls online and other stuff like that it's almost like a guild or a a thing which you can a new line which you can add skills to i guess but in guild also it's very much a class it feels like a very solid part of your class that you have to pick um but this was this was good and i'm interested to see like what did you guys jump to first what was your first elite special was it was it a thing with your main character um i'm gonna ask crew first uh, was it the thing where it was like oh I want to try this elite specialization because it looks cool or is it like i went to my main character and i was just like, i'm gonna play that even though it doesn't look the coolest what was your first elite specialization in well like, i kind of did follow that track of going with the main character but i was very fortunate yeah. because i'd always wanted guardians to have a support type uh role and when when Firebrand was first being revealed, I was like, oh, damn, a Condi class. I was like, I don't really want this. But then one of the developers said, like, they're changing instant support for casted support. And I was like, ooh. So during the betas, I kind of formulated and messed around with it. And I was like, oh, it's very applicable to play a support role, um, especially with all the boon access. So I was very happy with Firebrand. I think right now Firebrand is... I don't know. What do you guys think? It's fire. At least to me, it seems like Firebrand's support aspects outshine its condition aspects. Because I think Core Guardian is it's more good enough so for condition conditions. as well. Yeah, it just depends. Yeah, I tend to see it, it, just to see it used more for support, especially in like raid context. I mean, you can take it for other stuff. It's not like it's yeah. useless. <laughs> it's, uh, when it first came out, though, it was definitely a better Condi Guardian than Core Guardian, though. This is interesting uh, because we're we're all talking from different perspectives. Because in in well, PvP now, it's like it's about that damage. Yeah, like you know, in World v World as well, it's like support and stuff. And I don't know, there there was hardcore. It started off as the more hardcore support, and then they changed things around and amulets and stuff. And then it was like, yeah. oh, we can play like conditions of this, and it can be supportive, and it's more of a hybrid now. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh. Okay, so it's, it's actually the perfect. Evolved, it's the perfect class, essentially. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, I do, it but does I think too much. It has zero weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, not talking about the elite spec in general, but I do think as a guardian main, guardian needs some like extreme nerfs to the the burning department. But um, that was my first elite spec. <laughs> and that's your main character. That's your main character as well, isn't it? That's yeah. Right, so. Okay. And you enjoyed it. You Easy liked pick. it. It was good. You felt it was appropriate. Yeah. You felt it was better than DH Dragon Hunter from Half On, um, or just different. From what I wanted, um, I did find Firebrand to be more fulfilling for my particular role. But um, as a whole, I think Firebrand was one of the many classes where they broke the balance, um, which is a larger topic of the elite specs yeah. with Half the Fire. But I do think. Dragon Hunter. I think all of the Heart of Thorn specs pretty much were better balanced and somewhat better executed in terms of I'd rather have underpowered classes than severely overpowered classes. Um, but I think Firebrand was good. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, what interestingly. You... Oh, oh sorry. Ahead. No, no, I was going to ask, but if, did you have a point on what, what Kruf was saying? Sorry. 
I was just going to say that it's it's interesting um, because I think I probably play more Heart of Thorns elite specs just in the stuff that I do and the content that I do. But um, it's interesting hearing about like the elite specs, especially at release, because like I said, I came out, I came into the game like just post Path of Fire. So I think there had already been some, you know, rebalancing that had mm-hmm. been done a little bit. Um, so yeah, like for me, it's, it's been interesting because Firebrand I've always wanted to really get into, but I think because I already had so many specs and things that I was using and that are, you know, were eligible in many other ways for other content, the Path of Fire Elite specs, um, aren't often as played for me, which is maybe I need to start getting more into those, but I do a lot of the Heart of Thorns yeah. one, so. Hmm. Okay. I would agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. I do too. Uh, definitely, I'd say Heart of Thorns if if they feel underpowered now, I don't know because um, they when they first came out, for sure they were. There's a whole debate about why are these twice as good as any core spec that we could possibly use, and they they did go through a round of nerfs a few times. Also, Chronomancer got completely. Don't talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Chronomancer got completely redone. Berserker I was on, I was on, redone. I was streaming in front uh, of like five thousand people or something when when that meta was in season one of Pro League for ESL. Yeah, it, it killed two, PvP actually, kind of destroyed everything. Chronomancer <laughs> was like the most glaring problem. Yeah, it was. It was I don't think it was my fault. No, I don't, I don't think it was my fault because I made no. I made your, a build. your fault was the Revenant Vitari build. Right, but nobody cares that. That's that. fine. Everybody <laughs> was playing it. At least Everyone the game was a like. No, yeah, but like, so I made fault. I made the Resmer build right, right after. Let's, let's keep on keep on topic, okay? I've only got a half an hour. Now, All right, okay, 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 okay. So keep on topic. So, topic. So, what did you play? Path of Fire. So about a few months before Path of Fire came out, they nerfed all of the Heart of Thorns builds, and all the Heart of Thorns elite specs, and we were like, oh, okay, they're preparing for make path of fire balance to make path of fire the new hotness that everybody plays for a while and then maybe they'll nerf it a little bit afterwards which they did i don't think everything got the nurse they needed by now but but still they did uh they finally did mesmer not too long ago um and uh but mirage i mean um and uh yeah so path of fire what did i do first that's the question right I did. Yeah. I also did fire. <laughs> I also did firebrand. I, uh, oh, but it wasn't for support purposes. And it firebrand fist bump. Fist bump. And uh, guardian isn't my main. I just at that time, uh, I was trying to get a virtues core guardian uh, build to work. A burning virtues core guardian build to work for raids and stuff. And it was hitting like 22k DPS at the time, which was pretty good. But I was like, okay, what this needs is like one more Condi line on Guardian because the third line for the build for the core Guardian was like, it could have been three different things and it didn't really add to the damage. So I was like, okay, this just needs one more line for Condi damage. And then they made the Firebrand, which, which worked nicely. And it added like 10k DPS. And it also, uh, and it also added the ability to have quickness uh, in the build, and maybe maybe eventually Besmers wouldn't be used, two Mesmers in every composition, but uh, but that only came a little bit later anyway. Okay. 
So it was yeah. like about experiments and trying to get something to something. Yeah, it was just a test out to see if it boosts, and it did. It did definitely boost the DPS quite quite a bit. But and then thing, oh. things eventually got evened out. But yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, Jess, what yeah. did you go for? Well, I don't know. It's different. Like when, I guess it's not different, but you just played it later. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a different experience. I mean, I actually, it's really fascinating hearing people talk about this because I'm excited for the next X-Pack because I'll be doing exactly that. You know what I mean? As it was, like, when I was playing through it. Did we play a path of fire during the next X-Pack? <laughs> just like, no, new I expansion, Path of Fire, Federal One. How are you doing? No. Uh, I mean, like, the. <laughs> The whole like rush for new stuff you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. oh here i am in this i'm gonna pick up my new elite spec and try it out right mm. it was different for me because it wasn't so much like here's the new stuff that i ordered that came to the table it was like here's the whole buffet of stuff that already exists what will you pick mm. and so for me the two most played that i do are dragon hunter um for open world just pve nonsense um and then uh i do druid and raids and both of those were Heart of Thorns. And there's been a lot of stuff like Firebrand and Scourge in particular, like the two that I think are really interesting. I, I really like those ones, um, but I just have not experimented with them as much. And my Mesmer, I'm just now getting up and, and you know, like it's, it's just interesting to me to hear, I think, a lot of the talk. Because for me, yeah, it wasn't so much a choice of like, what is new? I'm going to try it. It was more just like, what am I doing? What do we have a need for? Like we needed a druid in raiding and I was excited about that. And um, I just kind of picked from what was available. And it turned out that most of the stuff that I've picked has been mostly Heart of Thorns initially. Mm. And I'm just like now really getting invested in some of the builds and other stuff with like Soul Beast I'm working on um, and Firebrand I'm trying to train up a little bit so I can take in. And like, it's just now that I'm getting to the Path of Fire ones. So I don't know if that speaks to it being a natural evolution of elite specs or if it was just because it seems like maybe some of those Heart of Thorn specs had a stronger later place in like overall sort of uh, content. I'm not, I'm not sure. Mm. I mean, Firebrand is hugely powerful. A lot of them are used a ton. I just, I'm not sure why I gravitated towards those specifically. I think Druid, I mean, I played Druid as well in Roots for like, because yeah. we needed someone to do that. I, I was an engineer and I was just like, yeah, I was the, then I was it's a supportive though, character. Yeah. It's just my natural it, role, I guess. Because you came to it, yeah, it's different for you because you, you had the smorgasbord to, of all the classes, uh, Heart of Thorns and Path of Fire. So it wasn't like, okay, now we're finally getting something new. It's everything that's new to you. I would love to have like a survey <laughs> yeah. of this, like of, of like knowing who, where people went to. Like class, class-wise, and like elite spec-wise. Although you have to go through the different things, and I guess you really you're starting off in part forms. If you get the, pardon me, if you get the character boost, right? You don't get sent to, you don't get sent to path of fire. You get sent yeah. to heart forms. So it's the natural progression, right? So you're gonna kind of do that, and then, so they probably will give you an option. I think maybe. You never know with the next expansion. I'm not Are you talking about, about the next expansion again? I'm not Jim? talking about it. <laughs> and I started going Shame. off topic. Shame. Jeb, okay. we've been trying to keep you on point this whole time. We don't have any. I'm just the guiding force today. I'm letting you guys talk. Um, <laughs> I went for. Uh, I just went for my main. My main swatch switched from Hollow. Mesmer. Yeah, I went straight for Hollow Smith. I was. You know what I'm like? I love that. You know. Ugh. I love that kind of like 80s feeling, you know. I love the 
synth wave i love the you know the whole video game very 80s like you know 8-bit like just all that kind of stuff and when they holosmith came along and photon forge i was just like stuff that looks so good that looks just mm, look yeah. fun like that is completely fun. different it's very assuring as well i was like this is this is very like super adventure box i was like this is fun um Golemancy. Yeah, it's very, it's very unique, very unique, and that was what I loved about it when I saw it, when I first saw it as well, and I saw the big like elite with the, you know, the more just the beam. I was just like that, that was cool. Like it's just essentially mm-hmm. like a big massive gun you pull out, and it's just like boom. I don't know, I just loved I it. It was great. Big mm. gun go boom. Pretty I much. I think that was my <laughs> second. I think oh, yeah. that was my second uh, class that I went to right after I tried out the firebrand. Yeah, I, I did like a, uh, I, I redid what was it called? Um, the uh, the hand puppet minor trait. The minor trait that you use your tool belt skills and it shoots lightning out. I forget what it's called now. Static discharge. Yeah. Static oh, discharge. Yeah. yeah redid a static discharge build because you had two. You got a new short cooldown instant cast uh, tool belt skill. No, well, static discharge was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Static discharge was a big part of that build at the beginning, uh, early mm-hmm. meta PvP. But like before the they before they nerfed it. Yeah, That's yeah, they changed it. Um, but like, I think PvE got used as well. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it's a bit ridiculous right now in PvP. It's in a place, but that's just that's just different game mode and just the way it is. Because mm. I mean, like balances uh, another podcast. Um, <laughs> um, and it's a big, big problem with the game. Um, it's one of the biggest problems mm-hmm. they have. Um, and part of that is because of the because of the different modes that are available and because people they are all popular in their own way um mm. because they have good things going on in all these modes and that's not a bad thing it just means balance kind of struggles um anyway <laughs> uh but yeah so like oh, at least specs wise i think they were fantastic i think um in terms of comparing them to heart forms as well i just wanted to have kind of a quick discussion i guess it's not really a discussion but more of a personal point of view personal preference maybe i don't know i'm still yeah. not sure which one i prefer because i think yeah i guess besides the first one what is everybody's favorite path of fire elite spec now Oh, favorite. Why do I have to pick one? Um, Which one do you enjoy the most? I don't know if I have like a favorite. (laughs) I've been playing. I I know. Different ways of playing, right? I guess. Despite my beliefs that, I mean, I guess for right now, Scourge is pretty great. I do like Scourge a lot. Um, I've been playing some. Yeah, just Scourge. This is the thing, though, because, like, Scourge, to me, is, like, the most boring one. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is the I, thing. No, it's no, I think so Firebrand is the most boring one. It is boring. In terms, yeah. Of, yeah, boring. in terms of the a general design, they were like, oh, every ability is a cone. Here, mantras, they're a cone. Have some cones. You want ice cream ice on that cone? <laughs> so I find Firebrand to be the most... Yeah, the next one is going to be ice yeah it's going to be ice line for for firebrand and it's going to be about chilling yeah. and you can just combine the fire with the with the ice and you just get you know frosted flakes thrown in your face i don't know <laughs> <laughs> mr whippy comes out i don't know if that's a thing over here. um <laughs> it's not okay look it up <laughs> look it up it's very british um 
yeah no i i understand I, my my personal favorite is actually other than hollowsmith is actually reaper love reaper reaper is well i'm talking about path of fire though are you just, you're just yeah. talking about that okay <laughs> that's what this was all about i mean Hollis, that's here? true that's true like if i like hollowsmith is my i just because also because of my main character as well i think i just connected to that so and, and it is it is my favorite it is my favorite but also at the same time i don't prefer it over scrapper which is weird i actually really like scrapper too because i really like scrapper so i'm like i love scrapper i know hollowsmith does bore me a bit but it's only because it's so strong <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's like a, that's the general fault of Path of Fire is that they made the elite specs way too strong. They gave AOEs to every single class, AOEs that were so incredibly large. Where if you're playing structured PvP, there's no escaping them. They blew yeah. conditions onto every single ability, and it was just it it was really hard to manage. Um, it's very it very lost much, a sense of strategy it's very colorful i've spoken to and and i might get in trouble for this um <laughs> no why not be fine i've spoken a lot of the design mentality i've spoken to ex uh, employees and this is just this is not like i'm not going to say anyone's name um but a lot of the design mentality everybody no <laughs> no no definitely okay. not um but like a lot of the design mentality behind abilities like uh, specifically i think but for elite specializations and stuff like that in the past i know has been because i've speaking to many people about this has been about the flashiness of abilities it's been about like the glaring of awesomeness of these things the you know the sparkly effects the the cool animations and and that's been a massive important part of uh you know especially of path of fire and you can see it like if you did not have some kind of condition before where like particle effects like triggered something you know you, i'm sorry but you, it's gonna happen in guild wars 2 i'm trying to be as sensitive as i can about this but there is issues um and you know it's very flashy it's very big it's very loud um and, and it's definitely, actually, no. yeah, it's definitely a very like if you just play a core ellie or if you play a core warrior and just swing. Use use all your weapon abilities. Just go do They've that. They've been adjusted and, though over the years. They've been taken down. They've been I know, but just heavily. use them, and yeah. then you go to Path of Fire, and you use like <laughs> <laughs> those weapons. You're like, it's, yeah, this uh, is the introduction to you know, you know, you just pick up a sword and you and you wave it very much, Colin Johansson. And, <laughs> and, and then when you go to Path of Fire, it's like you pick up a sword. And it's actually twelve it swords, <laughs> and it glows. I, mean, I think and that some of that and... is just the nature of like classes evolving in an MMO, right? Mm. There's like yeah. so many different reasons for this. Like on one hand, from a marketing standpoint or like a hype standpoint, leading up to content, if you have classes that visually look more exciting, people get excited, and like there's nothing wrong with that. To be completely honest, I I remember uh, oh it was one of the expansions of Final Fantasy XIV, um, Stormblood. And they were showing off, like, my preferred class's skills, and everybody else got these fun, shiny things. And then we got to mine, and I was like, I have a bigger rock that I throw. Yeah, and I was like, I had to uh... see. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest disappointment I've had thus far. Because you're watching, like, Thank everybody God. else 
and you're like excited and then you see yours and you're like that sucks though so like on one hand people, people do want like they such want a good reaction that sucks like, though. <laughs> like oh, that they sucks. want to see that their character the class that they've chosen like reflects something about them and is fun and like shows our increase in power and shows like yeah you know yeah who we are and i think that it is tough because from a design standpoint like you pointed out in guild wars 2 the modes that are in that game are so diverse the amount of abilities you have to choose from are so diverse the elite specializations are so diverse that trying to balance for all of those different modes and trying to introduce new classes in a way that many other MMOs do, right? Where it's like, we'll overpower all the new classes because like players want to feel powerful when they come in and we're going to give them cool effects and stuff. But we want to make sure everybody feels pretty cool so we'll all give them a bunch of effects. Like they almost can't do that in Guild Wars 2 because there mm. is there's so many different kinds of content that are played so thoroughly that it's hard to do that and then not have all of your other game modes completely break you know it's, it's very tough i think they'll it try feels like they'll when, definitely try. It, feels, <laughs> it feels like when new expansions have come out so far howard thorns and path of fire they have done that mm. and yeah. then a month or two later toned it down be like okay yeah. you've had your fun that's standard, <laughs> that's standard. Yeah, but- that's I'm fine standard, with the visual effects. I actually think that some of the older effects that they've toned down look much worse in comparison. But like the they put so many not visual effects, but like game effects, like conditions and damage and boons onto mm-hmm. one skill. And yeah. they made it so oppressive. And the visual effects can be toned down and stuff. That's and another thing. That's another thing. I'm yeah. I'm all fine with like actually impressive abilities when it's like an ultimate or like an elite. That should look impressive. But they they but you shouldn't have 25 sacks of burning so on you in two seconds. No, no, God, I get out. It's a good point, honestly. I mean, the fact that in any of these elite specs or things, you can scroll over and maybe you've read that thing 50 times, but there is some little thing that got wedged in on that ability that you didn't even realize that it did, and you're like, wait, hold on, what? Like, how long yeah. is this They're like, thing? oh, this needs to be buffed, or like, let's just add Fury to it, because why not? It's like, like, why? And it feels really counterintuitive, and especially to players who might not be super into, like, digging in in a very nitty-gritty way, right? Like, they're kind of glancing through as they get their skills, and they're like, okay, well, this seems like that would work, or maybe they're just grabbing... Mm a build but they don't realize that this one thing has like it generates might when it hits or it does you know like it's it's, it can be really overwhelming for newer players i think um to come in and see all of that and i didn't realize that there was did the heart of thorn specs also have like quite as many things shoehorned they did i would say i think they did i think think our complaints about path of fire elite specs being too powerful and too much on them can easily be attributed to oh, it's the same. Heart of Thorns as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, but, the, but this is I the think... thing, yeah. It's like, it's the power, I... when you introduce yeah. a new thing in most MMORPGs, that, like, in terms of classes, that thing is most powerful. Like, and it made sense. Like, we will make these things powerful. I don't think the intention is to make it massively over the top unbalanced, but there is a lot of a of like, you know, this is a selling point. It should be strong and we should show that it should be strong. Whether or not it's in a visual way, whether it's not it's in an actual way. <laughs> there is there is literally people who have talked about this before. Like we purposely make this shit more powerful. No one says it, but like you feel it and you know it when you're playing it. You're like, this is ridiculous. 
like this is stupid yeah. and when i played reaper that was a feeling as well um and mm. but like scrapper like oh god yeah it was it was crazy i powerful. think reaper only was really strong in the condition department with deathly chill i mean um, it was power, power was pretty it was like power i don't know it was so slow that every other class was so much faster that oh, it didn't have as much of an effect i mean i guess and i think i think the I think when you look from core Guild Wars 2 to Heart of Thorns, there was definitely a power increase. But yeah, when you yeah, compare yeah. the two elite specialization mm -hmm. launches, I think Heart of Thorns professions and elite specs were marketedly less powerful than the launch of Path of Fire. I don't know. I, I think there's that... still a place for all Heart of Thorns. Yeah. But that's only after years Advanced, of fine-tuning buffs and deep and nerves and stuff oh, there's always is, this be is like probably a more of a conversation for a balanced conversation right? yeah because <laughs> i think there's different because they're yeah, but one of the points was how they were comparing to heart of thorns and because i mean with, like the power levels like for example um chronomancer never left yeah right but that's also because they yeah. didn't actually introduce anything with path of fire that could fulfill the role that chronomancer does specifically they did but it was two classes together uh, <laughs> yeah I think and so like, nobody really wanted to do that we're definitely until gonna... they made like alacrity yeah. yeah i mean we're talking we're talking i think i'm talking about different modes as well we're talking coming yeah from different absolutely places. it's it's hard to discuss um, balance without unless it was like this you're, you're talking pvp yeah someone else is talking rating yeah it's yeah yeah, yeah. that's stuff that's tough to do but anyway i wanted to we haven't got a lot of time left because uh i've got to jump over to something else in a bit but um i just wanted to talk quickly about uh something that i think has been very neglected for a long time and maybe even since the start of the game or even since like guild quest came out and everything else guilds, uh, yeah. is, is guilds and will um that was not much love for guilds <laughs> or guild functionality um or guild missions or it was just a guild hall, as far as I remember. I don't know if there was anything else added. Um, but I don't know. I think that was one of the downsides. But Path of Fire, I think, was still great. Um, there was, for me, it was there were two points of which I didn't, uh, wasn't massively happy with as a player, I think. And, and that was Guilds was one, and the other one was the marking, um, which I think everyone's spoken about in previous podcasts forever um it was very very different marking like strategy between and i don't feel like that was the marketing department's fault i feel like it was even like i think that was a vision thing um was was the like do we have the numbers of path of fire sales versus heart of thorn sales i mean we could probably if we were uh, yeah pull it up see if the marketing are you just telling me to do it why don't you do it? I'm not doing that. <laughs> Why don't you do it? Um, but but the thing is, is as the game gets older, though, as well, it's difficult to compare those because there's different, like you know, different games come out, games yeah. get older, games will decline, and then you know, so those X packs bring people back, but they won't be as I don't know if even any game where the, the game gets older, expansions come back, you're going to get the same kind of numbers, but impactful wise like we were involved a lot more in heart forms like i remember when i mean yeah. i think maybe you guys played on streams on uh, chess wasn't there but we man we pre heart forms we were given access to 
uh, a client where we can go and play the new classes before anyone else on stream live. <laughs> and it was a day of it. And so like people what? would come to Twitch and they would watch us play all of these new specializations before anyone else could and they could look at it and every That's stream so was cool. like it was very cool and it was like there was preview of around the world after her oh it was it i was... didn't even know that happened oh yeah there was preview events there's one in the uk and brighton where we a ton of content do that with the dragons and uh well maybe they will i mean and there was an american <laughs> one <laughs> and maybe there was an american one as well which was very big i think the one that um the one that happened for Path of Fire, people got up very upset about. Uh, I think there was like three people invited <laughs> to America. Um, yeah. and, uh, the, but like, they were just very, very different. Um, and that was a big, that was a big surprise for me. But like more to the, the to question of like guilds, which is the original one. Did you guys feel like, you know, they needed to, that it was something that, because this could be just my opinion and maybe people actually just don't care. Um, but like being called Guild Wars 2, and this question has come up in previous podcasts where we talked about where's the guild in Guild Wars 2. Um, <laughs> like, where is the guild in, the, in Path of Fire? That's a good question. <laughs> you know, like, because it's slowly, I mean, if we go to space, you can literally replace guild with space and it will not matter probably in this brain at this, uh, at this time. And I think, I still think it's a very unfortunate thing because and i was watching reviews of path of fire last night and like four out of five of them said i don't it feels very single player path of fire it feels very yeah. single player and the part of that is our earlier conversation when we we're talking about a lack of meta events we're talking about the strength of the story and all of that is mostly single player instance um and obviously, we can talk about the other characters and also talking about the temple and the school and other stuff like that, which is open and event-wise. But still, most of the stuff was you could do solo. This is all single-player stuff. Um, yeah. Is there, like, does anyone feel like they could there could have been a bit more guild focus in Path of Fire? Was that okay? Does it matter that there wasn't much, like... I think, yeah. It would be great to have more guild in Guild Wars too. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is just like a general side effect of ArenaNet's decision or decisions over the course of many years, where they've not really incentivized making group content as much as just like a single player narrative. It's just like the the massively multiplayer aspect of Guild Wars Two is just like an a supporting feature, and they don't necessarily put effort or as much effort as I would like to see into raids, fractals, guild missions, which could have been the bounty system if they had just injected that into the guilds or expanded upon it. Um, By bounty and guild quests? It, or, like not, or just like adding guild missions, missions? as the bounties. Because yeah. um, they're, they're pretty much the same thing. But I do think it's a shame that yeah. there seems to be a decline over the years in the focus in community yeah i mean it's it's tough because i i know what I you're about to say this, no i mean i just i I, I hear this a lot and it's i mean because you hear it a lot you know that people are feeling 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's nothing that like invalidates that. I do think though, I mean, like it's funny to me playing between so many different games that there is a real sense of community and and wish to engage with it, you know? I mean, the guilds in Guild Wars 2 that, you know, we formed or I've even been a part of are so much more like full of people who are eager to engage and seeing the amount of people that run things like map meta seeing the amount of people that come to do all these different things even with our latest season like i i don't think it's like it's absent and i think that sometimes people really i think become almost resentful of the single player narrative because they feel as though it is somehow infringing upon the other content that they would get for me, I think that the single-player narrative is incredible. We should have it. I think our story oh, yeah. is in an amazing oh, yeah. place. Like, It's something that gives longevity and connection to the game that can be played always and enjoyed always. But at the same time, I do agree that compared to other MMOs, the amount of like group content that is released is lower, right? And it seems like it's always this balance of, do we pick this thing or this thing? Do we have a fractal this patch or do we do a raid? Do we do like, and so much of me wonders if that's because it is not a subscription model and because the game is so low cost to entry that they literally just cannot sustain releasing multiple content always, which is tough, right? Because then we hear people talk about like hating that they have to spend money in the Black Lion Trading Company, but I'm like, the only way that the game would go get more revenue is if you, you know, like, like we have, it's so There's cheap no to play otherwise. Yeah. It's so close to free to play. Um, mm. That it is tough because I, I do think they have the community that would want to engage with it. I do think that having guild features in Path of Fire does seem like a no-brainer because regardless of the lore origin of the name Guild Wars, right? People come in and they expect hearing it, that it has some kind of guild play element, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you do need to develop that. And I think we do need more variety in that mm -hmm. because the longevity of the game will be sustained and supported by people getting rolled into guilds and interacting with them. But it, it's such a hard thing to talk about, to be honest. And obviously I have a lot of feelings on it because I do feel like sometimes people just say like anet doesn't care they don't care about this they don't want to develop it i wish they would just do this and that's not to say anybody here has said that you know it's just like community stuff that i hear when a lot of times i can't help but feel as though it is a bigger thing that we don't we're not totally privy to you know yeah so for me i feel like um i feel like it's possible the devs don't want to force they want to encourage people to be in guilds, but not force people to be in guilds to experience content. Uh, so I could understand why they would not make you join a guild and build it up yeah. in order to do certain content, maybe in the real, uh, like to do the bounties or to do raids. Um, but, but then if you like, there, there's no reason to make a guild besides just playing with friends unless it's to do certain content right it's easier to do certain content if you have a guild because it's easier to organize with people you know and people you are able to communicate with uh so that is i think what we're that's the community we have and the kind of things we're doing now in guild wars 2 because it's a good thing to do if you want to do content with people um but but i guess the question is is that only the only thing you want do you do you also want things that are locked behind guilds do you want to make world versus world for example in the future be tied to guilds instead of tied to servers 
Um, that's an interesting idea, and I think it's a good idea. But it's possible some people might not like it because they don't want to have to join a guild. I think think the alliance system is probably going to be the one thing that. Oh God! Don't talk! Don't talk about it! Don't talk! Don't talk! Freedom of speech. Article one. But I do think that in terms of guild systems, like the alliance is a partial is one thing that will save not only World versus World but the guild community. For well, at least that, that's an, ex- that's an I mean, expansion feature, though. That's that's definitely it has an to it has to come with end of dragons. If it doesn't, people design. are going to be sad. <laughs> There's going to be many yeah. pandas, many pandas. We know it's on their horizon. You know, like they've talked about it. It's just we don't know where the horizon is actually going to be upon us. Like it, it's also been it might be on the, the horizon sort of, like, on another planet. down a lot about it, and it worries <laughs> oh, me. Oh yeah. yes. And, and I mean, I think we just have to see. There are so many ways that they could integrate guilds. I think, like everybody's saying, even just to like, we, I mean, we talked about this on the whole guild episode, right? Mm, ways yeah. that you could take like content that exists, but then also give it some kind of additional guild thing, so that you're not necessarily having to only develop content that blocks out a guild and that's it you have to be in a guild to do it but that you can like take advantage like proof like you were saying with hunts maybe having something extra where like each week there's a special hunt or something for the you know the guild that you can do that has certain rewards or thinking about path of fire specifically right Mm. i loved son's refuge like that i know so many people have feelings on that but like the idea of like i'm always a sucker for any game that's like get a place make it nice do fun stuff unlock a new vendor open the thing up get more story get this thing put these cute things uh, in yeah well like housing is the one of the biggest things in most in life like games if you look yeah. at the most popular games that are out there right now like or have been in the past i.e minecraft or i.e like this year one of the biggest titles you know animal crossing yeah. you know all these things like eso's Probably ESO's biggest end game is housing. Like, you know, yeah. that there were many people who share that view of you. That's people like true. seeing how they can like make their own custom place in the world. Yeah. And with something like Sun's Refuge, I feel like that could have been content that like Yes. Sure, it's single player, you have your own instance, but that would be super cool too if like as a guild you could move in there or like, you know, rebuild it together through efforts or contribute to donations. And maybe you could still engage with that on like a single player scale. Mm. But like as a guild being able to do something like that, and then maybe it would have unlocked new little spots or like uh when you got the skyscale hatchery maybe you get a skyscale hatchery in your guild hall or like like that would be so fun and i think that they could integrate those things in a way that would still feel meaningful for a group to contribute or like maybe if you had done that then for the guild you unlock a new tier of vendor stuff that's like the sun you know it's like the new armor or something that's like inspired by the group in in sun's refuge and i i just think it would have been really neat to do something like that and it wouldn't totally take away from, you know, like single player experience, but it would also give guild something to do together that they could work towards. I think, yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm starting to wind down the podcast soon. Cause I, I do want to, I do want to pop off and quite soon, but I think, you know, that's, that's very, there's very, very good points. Like Rook there, you bring up It's the thing is, is, and I'm going to leave you with, a, with something to ponder everyone as well in, the, in that realm of things. I'm going to kind of, kind of move away from that conversation um is that nowadays and especially in a in a world this is going to be very psychological maybe philosophical as well and a psychological world, and philosophical. Maybe. i mean they do they do mix together quite well 
obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, I have to read the like philosophy as well. Um, the thing is, the world is a very different place now, especially and since what March maybe for reasons um <laughs> where we uh and we've been going like this ever since you know this is all about technology and going in, inside a lot more as well um and and games and, and mmo specifically used to be about those those experiences i feel more than anything and as we go into these areas where we're going where we're more on our own we're more on thinking less about you know the overarching people involved in the game in in communities specifically that the potentially unconsciously maybe these things do start to go away like they and it's a problem not just in guild wars 2 it's a massive problem in every single mmorpg at the moment every single one well definitely massive problem eso even still a big problem like there's a massive community people do stuff together but a lot of people play that game just to play through the story and there's nothing wrong with that because they want skyrim too um but there's still <laughs> there's still a massive issue of guilds like they've got their guild system is really like interesting it doesn't even have missions or anything like that um and it's just about trading and and that's very very cool but they've still got these problems you know so many different games have these problems but i think it's a lot to do with our time as well in the world and i think you know guild wars 2 probably is actually the most conscious mental health and Chess knows this probably better than any of us because being on the panel and everything else um and focused outside of the game on the community as well like you know coming up we're gonna have you know uh, as we do every year you know extra life for kids is going on we've got loads of different stuff like from marina which is very very awesome um and if you do exclamation mark extra life in the chat you can actually find the link where i've started off um so go donate to seattle children's hospital um and i would appreciate it uh we're officially <laughs> starting that in november by the way mini plug um, and I'll put this on the uh, actual link for the thingy as well on audio um, <laughs> and YouTube. And sorry, it's Cherry. Um, <laughs> but just generally, I feel, I feel like you know it's it's almost a way things are going kind of thing. And, and I feel it's, like it's very difficult. There's going to have to be a really big focus and push to go back to to getting that involved in the game and 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 i feel like it's not just a guild wars 2 thing i feel like it's a people thing i think it's very much a people thing um so when we work that bit out maybe maybe it will filter into work into other places and, and i'm not saying every game sucks in terms of this. i'm not saying every situation <laughs> in life sucks like no one's together no one's doing things together anymore we're all just huddled in our homes but i think like since march specifically as well we have been huddled in our homes <laughs> a little bit more we have been more separated as people um i've actually um sorry to inter- <laughs> i've actually no, no, been no. more social nowadays than i have before this is the thing some Mark. people are yeah there is an opposite as well to that because like you are pushed you're put you're like i can't do this thing so now i want to rebel and do the thing in whatever way i can possibly do it yeah it's not physically re- social but you know yeah zoomly social yeah exactly yeah. um but yeah i just thought i'd mention that because i want to kind of end the podcast and i just thought i'd end with like some random thoughts to give you to give the viewers and the listeners and some people some thoughts about the things but that doesn't mean we have to think negatively about it. It means things can change. And also it does mean that we can think about, you know, where we are in the world right now and what we can do to 
get better at communicating in different ways um like the boots is done vocally <laughs> you know whether or not we're doing it in the game and maybe treating no each other a little tiny bit better than we have in the past especially nowadays um <laughs> because you know that's that's fucking needed i think but um if there is there anything else you guys want to bring up about pathfinder that we maybe haven't done that you thought would be a very very interesting point or is there anything you wanted to end on specifically um because i will mention one something very very quickly uh before we Good end point. as well yeah okay so Wrong with Choco. <laughs> there, you go. there is one thing to also think about as well Re very recently um and there might be devs in here who who are on that game and i just want to plant the seed in people's heads mm. crucible crucible is was a very awesome game produced by many developers that were from guild Wars soon probably not many people have spoken about this on the streams or even thought about it many people from reading the net went there the game is i'm literally about to go and play the last like community event that we're having which is very very sad um and if uh one thing to think about is where are those people going and all i'm that's all i'm gonna say people could be continuing to go on to other fit to the you know stay on amazon go to new world go to other games go to other things people may be leaving they may be going back to arena net you never know because things of arena net actually i think are probably in a better place than they've been for like since path of fire and like you know i'm i'm talking about like the higher echelons of management here <laughs> this is a very this is a might be a little bit more uh, um contentious point to make um i'm not going to say anything more than that but i feel like we may see some people come back you may not see some people come back and i'm kind of excited for the future of things even though this thing's stopped i don't know i feel like there might be some change and i'm kind of i don't know anything at all just FYI, I know fuck all. I know nothing. Zero. It's philosophy right there. That's not philosophy. That's You're not knowing anything. <laughs> about it still. But I'm going to continue to end the show. Um, okay. You guys don't want to talk about anything else, do you? What do you? Uh, yeah, <sighs> Can we talk about was a good expansion. I don't know. Sure. I want to just like know. really quickly transition into a discussion about the upcoming X. And I think we could probably wrap yeah. yeah, yeah, and the, the balance so, of the upcoming I, I honestly, genuinely, are... you know, I could, would love to talk to you guys all day. I would just do a podcast all day, and we just have breakfast, oh, lunch, and dinner, and we would hang out, and we would just go to off to the bathroom every so often, get out for a stretch. I would be up for a day podcast 24-hour podcast i would be up, oh well, my i God. would do a 20 i'm not a 20 I'm, i don't like promoting 24-hour casts anymore but i'd do i'd do a solid like eight hour podcast and just talk about guild wars 2 and just maybe rotate people in and out because you know people probably don't want to do that <laughs> maybe they do i don't know but i could do that with you guys i could do that i could do that easily happily I, uh, I'll, do, I'll do 20 minutes what's 20 minutes you just did two hours <laughs> you must like so tired i do if if it was an event i'd do eight hours i mean we could do it i believe i'd do eight yeah. hours yeah that'd be okay. fun maybe i'll think about it actually could do it pre <laughs> hmm 
What's an order? We have like a giveaway, oh, giveaway or like some special thing announcement. I don't know. Well, as soon as they give a little more information, I'm in. That's true. Are you like interview a developer or something? I don't know. Uh that yeah, I'm I'm I've got to work on that one. That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's more difficult. Um, yeah, we're gonna end. Okay. Uh, this has been the Lightbringers podcast number seven, talking about Path of Fire. Guests have been Burda Chess Boots and Kroof. Kroof, where you? do you do stuff? What is the address of it? And do you like things? So I live on 541 Melrose Avenue. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, but um, I do a lot of YouTube stuff. If you type in Kroof or Kroof Gaming, if the search engine still recognizes that, you can find me there. I'm also here on YouTube under i uh, not youtube twitch under Groove gaming and um find me on social media i have a discord too i post the memes you'll enjoy them there we go thank you very much Can't for coming up legend a plus <laughs> <laughs> boots test your things there you go me proof no not wait okay. boots oh. sorry i did, well, we I did, did crew. boots <laughs> boots sorry go on okay uh i also youtube do that i do that thing uh with the world of enders or boots you can probably find it um that's all thank you google boots guild wars 2 though because otherwise that's red oh, really? uh, <laughs> i mean i feel like you get the same experience if you just look at a nice pair of boots are they leather are they rain boots okay yeah, yeah. some wellington <laughs> oh, or... jesus <laughs> Jess. <laughs> where do you do the things uh mostly twitch you can find me twitch.tv bird of chess you can also find me now on youtube so bird of chess over there as well c-h-e-s-s it's because i go by the name rook it's a bit of a pun on being a bird and a chess piece a lot of people go there expecting chess content you will not find any <laughs> is is final fantasy 14 and Guild wars 2 content alongside some other fun stuff uh single players and other games that i love uh so check that out uh, you can also find me on twitter and instagram at bird of chess <laughs> you said that single player game. thing i thought it was like a dating website <laughs> i was like <laughs> and single players everywhere we have like a guild oh. Website? oh there's probably it probably is one hot <laughs> birds near you <laughs> because in england a female is also called bird right i know culture <laughs> amazing i love you guys and having you on here thank you so much for being part of this once again thanks for having oh, us oh dear i'm never doing this again uh no <laughs> that's a lie <laughs> that's a lie we're going to end with uh, just a little bit of music and then we're just going to wind down. But I'm pretty much sure we're done. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching. If you have enjoyed this content. Oh, sorry, I am Jebro. I'm lame at selling myself. Twitch.tv slash Jebro Unity. I am an MMO vet. I play a lot of different games. MMORPG is pretty much something I specialize in as well as doing podcasts, commentating on uh, various different games. Um, Guild Wars 2 PvP, uh, Rocket League in the past, Crucible, Sadness, which is still going on for a few weeks, uh, another month, um, commentary on Sundays wise, uh, but other stuff in the future as well. Um, please come and join us, check out the channel, uh, twitch.tv slash youtube.com slash very mental health focused, and also thinking about all the things in terms of 
gaming, I guess, is in life. Anyway, we're going now. Uh, enjoy your life. I will see you. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching. But think about actually going back and listening to previous podcasts about Guild Wars 2, Elder Scrolls Online, and even just my own thoughts, which we're going to put out there uh, in episodes very soon. These Guild Wars 2 podcasts are going to be coming a bit faster as well. Probably maybe a little bit more every two or three weeks rather than once a month. Bye-bye. Waving. See you later. Thanks for watching. Enjoy. See you soon. Bye-bye. Peace.